0: welcome to the avance podcast i'm dan and i'm nick how's it going man <laughs> well it's been it's been it's been a, a week it's been a week um do you remember our friend who will remain nameless that learned the lesson like if you take a cold motorcycle from outside and, and the full tank of gas you bring it into your house and then uh, the motorcycle you know you don't start it of course but you you know the, it warms up then the gas overruns and flows into your house remember that guy yeah yeah he did it again <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so yeah there's uh-huh That two fall in the tank i, I from, from what i'm hearing yeah, from yeah what you're saying, allegedly what hearing, yeah, yeah allegedly uh clorox wipes work allegedly so yeah but that was um that smell's gonna stay a little while i i i, I wouldn't know <laughs> i mean um, but uh yeah it's uh, i heard it's staying longer than i mean i think he got rid of it but it took a lot of clorox wipes so yeah so yeah uh if you don't know uh if your tank's full of gas and you've
1: for some reason, bring something into a warmer environment,
0: it could tend to overflow.
1: So, yeah, if you yeah. top off your motorcycle tank in an vented tank, yeah, yes. that happens. You've got a long enough neck in a car, you don't have to worry about that. Motorcycle, not so much. You top it all off for yeah. Way. This this idiot's yeah. got a monkey, so it's it's uh,
0: it's a it pretty sh- it. it's a short tube, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that won't be happening again. Uh, Just uh, yeah, he had all these plans to just you know some maintenance and keep it. Yeah, not going to happen right now.
1: Nice. Yep. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. This uh. Wednesday we were recording on a Wednesday mm-hmm. it's felt like a Monday oh like every day this week so far okay so it's one of those Monday one weeks of those Monday weeks okay yeah. five
0: Mondays and okay yeah two
1: more Mondays to go <laughs> such optimism I know yeah uh our Carter automotive Group tip of the week I would I was gonna say is not how not to overfill your motorcycle yeah, yeah
0: our friend just happened to do that last night or no, it was the night before I can't remember when he told me
1: <laughs> no uh this so this is brought to you by torrential rain everywhere around the country uh <laughs> yeah California got theirs and that's been pretty weird to see on the news and snow in places and crazy and now we've got a, a, a rain and flood and landslide warning coming in the next two days. didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it's good to know. I yeah, live on a hill. Good. I'm
1: good. Yeah, you're going to a hill. It's fine. Big one. Yes. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, um, if you bring your car in, certain cars, certain compounds of brakes, Yeah. you ever notice how your your pads will stick to your rotors? You drive it in really wet weather. like Performance pads and do this I, a lot.
0: I, if the car sat for a long time,
1: yeah, it's really okay. just, you know, you move it from a nice, really damp environment into a nice. Oh, hot, yes, yes. And it got it, got it, really got fast it. I got It you. your, your, okay. your, can rust your pads to your rotors like hard. I know that now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so if you have cars with really big performance brakes that aren't carbon ceramics, especially, this is kind of a bigger issue than you think. And it's notorious on Corvettes, Vipers. Uh, Mustangs, they all use that same Brembo caliper configuration. The Corvette's a little different, but still, what happens is they, they will rust to the rotors. Mm. It's solid, and you've got to rock back and forth a couple of times, and you hear a loud clunk, and it breaks free, and you get out. Huh. Well, that pop- sounds expensive. Well, no, it's really usually not a big deal. I mean, it's just surface rust that bonds. Yeah, but I mean, you're still talking carbon ceramics. and, and oh, no, I right. so don't have that problem with carbon ceramics. Oh, okay. No, this is the steel brakes. I'm yeah, sorry. It's the steel okay. brakes. Well, if you have like, oh, I don't know, a coated garage floor or you have a garage floor with a covering on it, mm-hmm. this can be a real problem. Because you can't rock it back and forth. You can't forth. rock it back and forth on those uh, plastic squares. And if you have epoxy on the floor, you can burn right through it real quick. Epoxy is great. Moving
0: it back and forth?
1: Oh, yeah. This is solid. Okay. This is like oh. not moving solid. This isn't like a little bit of pressure. It will actually seize the pads, to the rotors. So okay. if you have the option, you can blow them off the leaf blower best you can. Or if you have the, if it's really wet, if you have the option. Back
0: off Marge, I'm blowing off my rotors.
1: Yeah. So yeah. What, what happens though is that it will seize the rotor and the only way to do it, like the best thing to do if you have the option is to drive around the block, like after you wash your car, a lot of people wash their car and put it sure. away and this happens. The best thing to do is drive around the block once or twice, which is good anyway to blow, get the water out of the little crevices, but also it'll burn that water, that uh, moisture off your A little your bit of heat, yeah. Yeah. Get a little heat in the rotors. I just get in there with like Q-tips and wipe it off. It's so much easier. <laughs> right so, yeah anyway but if you don't yeah you can actually It can be a real problem so yeah if you have the, if you have the option it's never a good idea to put away like wash your car then put it straight away wet a no. lot of us do it but performance cars specifically with massive steel rotors and massive brakes this can be an actual problem so be aware of it better to put your car away with a little bit of heat in the rotor just a little bit or if you need. A leaf blower just blow off the caliper that's yeah. actually yeah, yeah. It, it helps a little bit not entirely but it does help better so than you, not Yeah. better than not yeah Kay. so anyway nice uh, interesting Sad but true. Sad but true it statement. Happened yeah. to somebody I know this week. It was uh-huh. a big problem. Was it on Corvette? It was. Oh. <laughs> Are we talking about the same Corvette? Yeah. Does hip brakes
0: always, like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I'm not going to call him out, but I mean, he, he has Still had brake issues. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Anyway, right. uh, that's your card.
1: I don't want to group tip of the week. That's okay.
0: I'm mad at him. He didn't invite me to his dog's birthday party.
1: I saw the dog birthday right? party photos. I'm a little mad. <laughs> I'm a little mad. Look at like a good dog. He time. knows who he is. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, we have a guest this week, Arun Sharma. Welcome to the show. Uh, you know all about big brakes and motorcycles and everything else. We've been dying to talk to you.
2: I, I like the monkey story.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, our friend's an asshole. I mean, no, I <laughs> no, uh, yeah, also
2: we, really like those monkeys. They're, they're freaking cool.
0: So, I mean, uh, we, we just met, but uh, Dan and I and some other friends of ours have bought monkeys and we've totally modified them to do uh, back road discovery routes. So we've, t- we've taken them all the way off road and things like that. So, uh, no yeah.
2: way. Monkey knobbies. That's Absolutely.
0: Right. So uh, big nobbies and, and for big guys like me, full Olin suspension, which is worth more than the bike. But uh, yeah, right. so.
2: <laughs> that's what I'm to do it, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of inappropriate off road bikes.
0: Yes, of course. I mean, that's the whole point. Anybody can do it on a regular 450. You got to do it on 125 uh, for a bike that was built for a small Asian man. Uh, <laughs> 250 pounds, it works better. So, yeah.
2: Did you guys ever, because um, this is going back a couple years now, but did you guys ever see the, the off-road Ducati that we did? Uh, um,
1: yes, I did. You, I know exactly what you're talking about. Just because
2: yes. I'm, in my, just I'm in my home, home office, huh? I'll show you. Uh, can you see this? Wait. Yes.
1: Okay. There we go. Okay. So guys in the motorcycle world, you're going to be real familiar with this bike. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Is that a Panigale? What? Which one was that? Yep.
2: yep. It was a Panagalli. Yep. With nobbies? It. With nobbies. We called it the Terra Corsa. It was Awesome. Yes. <laughs> so
0: we should probably introduce him better because most oh, people right, are not right, going right. to figure out who he is um, by the fact <laughs> that you know uh, his latest title is he's the the general the, what is okay Direct, uh, how do you dr- general director of uh, for our Newport Beach. Uh,
2: in English, it's the general manager. In Italian, okay. it's direttore generale. That. Ah.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I was just seeing if you knew it in Italian. Uh, <laughs> so, and he he's been that uh, for the general uh, the uh, the Italian general manager at San Diego, and you were at, you were at Ron Tonkin for a while too, right, up near us.
2: Uh huh. I was with the Tonkins for twenty two years.
0: Oh, just a little time, little time. Okay,
2: dang. Yep. And I
0: think that's how we got him on the show because our our good friend Sherry down there that's running Avance uh, was like, you need to talk to this guy, and I'm actually surprised we haven't crossed paths more. Um, with in, in the car world, but uh, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for taking time. I know you're extremely busy right now. So, um, so what did you, what do you, what do you mean? What did your involvement have to do with the bike? As far as building that,
2: uh, so before cars, I, I mean, I've been a Ducati guy my whole life, and so okay. I used to I used to uh, run Motocorsa, which is the Ducati deal in Portland, and that's that was the segue into Ferrari was being with the Italians with Ducati. So okay. yeah, I was with them for, you know, we had motor for a long, long time and we did a lot of incredibly irreverent things with motorcycles. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, if, if you're bored, I'll send you some stuff in the future. But oh. That, that bike we did just as a fun lark, we did a lot of stupid things. And uh, that's one of the things I like, by the way, uh, just to advance some topics about motorcycles over the car world is that the bike world is just it's so much fun. You can be so goofy and silly and, do all this stuff and cars manufacturers take themselves way too seriously um but anyways so- dan
0: can speak on that he's worked in many many uh motorcycle dealerships so
1: um, i actually only worked in one just in two locations that's 100
0: percent more than i have <laughs> so yeah
1: yeah i'm that it was a fun world i mean like you said the knobbies on a ducati that's what i'm talking about that's a good time but i mean we used to I did the opposite first. I did slicks on dirt bikes, but that's pretty common. I like
0: that because it's going to, you know, it's going to piss people off, especially some of the, like the true Ducati riders, you know, oh we got, we got,
2: we got so much hate. We got so much hate. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm looking it, it people just think that because something is the norm, like I was reading, it's funny that you say this cause I was reading, uh, uh, an article today about the new, I don't even know what it's called. The new Huracan they're coming out with that is yeah. they're building for off-road and people are freaking out. It's like, they don't understand that, you know, those cars are all wheel drive and that you could take them places. So you just had to be careful. <laughs> it's like, but you know, this it's sacrilegious. You know, it's like when the Corvette got a, you know, mid engine. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, there is a whole lot of uh, – I mean, look, you got to – I think there's a degree of being sensitive to this, this massive financial disparity in the world. Sure. So you have people who really love this thing, whether it's a motorcycle or a watch or a car or whatever, and their dream or aspiration is to get that in its form at some point, and when you basically just fuck off with it and and <laughs> bastardize it – Right. And just and try. And, you know, if you look, think about a Huracan or a Ducati and you go off road and you're going to do X, Y and Z, you're effectively going to destroy the thing if you're actually going to use it. So you sure. fall into one of two camps, either. It's the can we swear on this podcast, by the way?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah.
2: So, so either it's the from their perspective, it's it's the well, fuck you. You're taking this thing that I could only dream of having and you're you're destroying it or you're going to build this thing and never actually use it for the thing that you say you're going to use it for. Either way, you're an idiot, right? And so what I love is that one or 2% that actually uses it for the thing and then drives the shit out of it. I I hope we see some wild videos on that thing. Wild.
0: I hope so too. I think there's going to be enough. I'll call them the YouTube community, the Instagram community that are getting a hold of those. I mean, you know, uh, the family that i've been following lately is the triple f collection out of ohio and those guys i know will beat the crap out of that car i want car, to see so. somebody rally it no they will they will i mean like, somebody will turn it into a rally car i mean it's, it's like, you know they it. yeah i'd like i mean on on the other side of that i'd like to see somebody do that with the new ferrari i think you know you got a v12 <laughs> i think that'd be kind of fun right i mean again sacrilegious but you know, if they're going to build a four-person, it's not an SUV. What is? What is the definition of that car? And what is the name of it? Because it's it's escaping it's, it's me.
2: Actually, well. we're calling it we, we Ferrari is calling it an FUV, not an F-U-V. SUV.
0: It's okay. A
2: Ferrari, right? Don't uh, them in trouble at all. <laughs> <laughs> Pedrosanguine means thoroughbred, purebred.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. An Fu vehicle yeah i know uh, just again there's there's a translation issue there that somebody will
0: eventually catch so
2: i love it i, I actually love i live for the lost in translation moments
1: yeah absolutely i yeah I, I if you've seen what bentley and rolls-royce and lamborghini did with the with their suvs mm-hmm. they all posted record profits this year because of them and those kind of sales are what enables them to build stupid projects that they shouldn't have to or be able to. So I'm all for it. If it if the market segment asks for it and it helps support the company to build more kind of more adventurous stuff like Porsche did with the, came, with the Macan and the Cayenne, mm-hmm. then do it. Well, everybody
0: bitched when, when Lamborghini brought out the Urus, but I mean, it's probably their most successful car. I yeah. don't think so.
2: You know, what's interesting, Let's- though, is I'm not sure how much you guys have tuned into how Ferrari is launching this car, the Parasangue, but... You know, everyone who launches an SUV launches it as a volume platform. You know, it's a way to bring more people in, maybe mm-hmm. other people in the household who would normally not want to drop down into a hypercar would be okay with, a, you know, a cool badged exotic in their garage. Um, and so they make a bunch of them. And to your point, you know, that's, that's one of the big things is, wow, it allows us to have all this revenue and all this capital to do other projects, build other things um uh, and i remember years ago being not years ago uh, three or four years ago being in milan for a meeting with ferrari and um the then ceo uh was talking about was, was speaking to the fears that the dealers had that ferrari was going to keep building like a lot of cars you know there was this big fear oh you're building more cars more cars more cars and by building a larger volume of cars you're going to make ferraris less exclusive and less desirable because if there's 10x of f8s or 10x of 488s or whatever then obviously like the supply demand thing is a big part of the the secret sauce that makes ferrari work the way it does and 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 he spoke to that he says listen we're going to build i never forgot this. different horses for different courses and the idea was the idea was no we are yes yes we are going to build more cars yes we're going to build more cars but no, we are not going to build lots more of the same model. We're just going to come out with lots of different models. And that's when they announced over at that time, over the next uh, three years, they were going to launch 15 new models, right? And everyone was, their minds were just blown, and Ferrari did it. They launched 15, 15 cars over the next coming years. Um, obviously, when Ferrari talks about launching new models, they talk about that includes you know race cars, uh, specialty, special cars. variants, things yeah. like that. Yeah. but but still, you know, there's, but still, that's a lot for a small company. So number one is that Ferrari really said we're going to do you know a lot more different types of cars, a lot of other ways to engage with the brand. <clears throat> but the other thing which was interesting about the Paraguay was so. whenever the rumor was going around. Oh, Ferrari is going to do SUV. Ferrari is going to do SUV. Obviously, the biggest comparison was to the Urus, and um, uh, and so the biggest surprise is that the the Peresangue is not a volume car. It, it's the opposite. So it's hyper-limited. You can't just order one. And the cars are reserved for top-tier clients and VIP clients that had to be on a list generated by Ferrari to get on the list. And so it's not – now, I think what's going to happen is the first, you know, year, two years of production in this 12-cylinder variant – are going to be these hyper limited cars. And then I think they're going to move to probably an eight cylinder or six cylinder hybrid. And then that'll probably open up to everybody else.
0: Well, I mean, you know, everybody's, somebody was writing an article and was talking about, you know, that finally a Ferrari you can take up to this gear. And I'm thinking, you could yeah. take the FF up there like years oh. ago. And you had, it was a four seater and it was a wonderful car.
2: Amen. <laughs> I put, yeah. I, my FF had 44,000 miles on it when I sold it. And that thing went, Everywhere. Snow, oh, yeah. rain, yeah. everywhere. Cars amazing. That's, that's what
0: they're built for. I mean, you know, the, the the exclusivity of Ferrari and Lamborghini, we're not just saying talking to the Italian brands. I get it and people are bitching because It's just like when somebody goes, oh, yeah, I bought the last one of this model. And then, you know, I'll I'll put an example. Lamborghini. I got the last Aventador. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, SVJ. And then the final. And, it's you know, it's always the final (laughs) final. So (laughs) it's very interesting. Um, I want to go back a little bit. Like, were you always a a kid, like, growing up? Where did you grow up, I should say?
2: Uh, I grew up in Hawaii, New York and India. Oh, those are. Those are so close to each other. So, <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Were you always big into cars as a kid? I mean,
2: uh, those are two very I mean, distinct areas. Or three, I, mean, I, 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 yeah. I had. I. I think I was okay. I had the. I had the black Quintosh poster on my wall. Oh, we all did. Uh, next to Farrah Fawcett. Um, like we all did at that point. Next and to the so, red Testarossa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yes, I always, always enamored by cars. I still have my mom made me pack up my room one of my last visits home, and I still have the initially the literally issue number one of Automobile Magazine. Um, uh, so yeah, I've mean, always been into cars, but I got into bikes more, and I think that's for that's for a couple of reasons. One is that I was Really born and raised in Hawaii, and it's really a two-wheeled culture in Hawaii because you ride scooters everywhere. Yeah, uh, and there's not a lot of hyper cars. Or I mean, the the car culture in Hawaii are bugs, modified bugs, lifted trucks, and that's it. And then you move into scooters and motorcycles, and really scooters. So I I really got into two wheels when I was young, and then when I lived in India, uh, you know, you saw these cool little Indian old-school motorcycles going everywhere. So I got into bikes. And so – and then I think also, like, motorcycles are just a lot – they're a lot more affordable, right? I mean, they're way more accessible. So I think for a thousand reasons, I got into bikes first and more and harder and deeper. But I always like both. I mean, always like always like cars and bikes. Um, but the cars – you know, as a kid, like, I remember, man, like, the coolest thing ever was a Supra. Like, you know, you had a Supra in high school. I was like, man, you are the man. Uh, And so obviously, like the Japanese tuner culture was really, really big in Hawaii. Um, I had friends with, you know, Nissans and Toyotas and, and Hondas, and and that was a lot of fun, too. Um, But definitely got into motorcycles first, and then into cars as a participant later in life.
0: Is that kind of like you, Dan, where you kind of grew up with the bikes and then got into cars?
2: Um the bikes were cheap speed. I was always
1: into cars. Right. The but the bikes were the accessible cheap speed for me.
0: When you can own 9 of them in the space
2: of one car too. Right. So right. Both well, financially and yeah, I mean financially 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, so financially bikes were less expensive. You could have 5 or 10 motorcycles in the physical footprint of one bike and yep. up until up until relatively recently there was nothing on four wheels that you could buy that would come close to what a motorcycle could do. Now that's finally gone away, you know, but
1: yeah. Speaking of which, uh, you're daily driving a uh, Tesla now, right? Sinner. <laughs> no, no, listen, listen. Uh, I-
2: Yes, i must say. Just
0: throw
1: him under the bus no, like no, that. Speaking he's of things got that, a
0: 90-mile, like, what is it, 90 miles one-way right yeah, no, now? Just uh, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> paid on Tesla. I'm just saying,
1: speaking of cars that can touch the performance of bikes, Absolutely. I mean, Tesla will yep. smoke almost anything off yep. the yep. line. But, I mean, yep. you know, that yep. was the the cheap speed as a kid, you know, second gear and just punch it to 120, <laughs> and you'd, nothing was going to touch you. But now. Yep. How are you two alive up? still? It's amazing.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started this commute to uh, Newport in August. August 1st was my first day taking over Newport Beach Ferrari, and uh, I bought a a Tesla Model 3 because I thought mainly my fear was traffic, and I'd heard good things about their autopilot, and I thought the worst thing ever would be to stuck in traffic and start-stop. So if I could press a button let it do it for me, then that was the way to go. So that was really the impetus. And then as I did it more, I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. But it's not, you know, a Model Three is a little on the tinny side. So I went with a, I, I got, we had somebody trade in a virtually brand new Model S, and I drove that, and it's awesome, and the speed is ludicrous, right? I mean, I don't, I don't have a a, a plaid, I've got one plaid. down from a yeah. plaid, but I think zero to sixty is still like two point nine seconds, and it's, you know, it's it's fun. <clears throat> the main thing is it's transportation. I mean, there's no engagement in electric. Um, it is fast it is quiet it's convenient and i think for basic transportation how do you beat it like i'm sorry but just to get from a to b because you have to i don't see how you beat electric there's no moving parts there's no maintenance i've got my friend steven who lives in hawaii he's had a model s from like one of the og i don't know they're 10 years old now never had a problem he lives in hawaii it's a perfect place for a tesla but the moment you want to have any kind of fun, and I mean any fun, outside of punching it and getting sick, you, you gotta have you gotta have uh, some ICE, right? You just gotta have it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you make the right case though, and we've talked about this at length. Like, my perfect car would be just the NSX is probably the closest thing that's even remotely reasonable. But the fact that I can just drive an electric thirty miles because there are times in my commute. We're all I'm just going to work there's no excitement there I just have to get to the office and I'm stuck in traffic mm-hmm. but there's there's barely any crossover of those vehicles so the car that'll just get you there and drive easy and comfortable and quiet and to actually fun to drive through the corners it's just too much weight
0: both of you are crazy I'm going to take an SF90 I I get electricity <laughs> and you know <laughs> Good okay, Lord. yeah
1: I'll take that I mean I'm going to have to rob a
0: bank for it but uh, yeah uh yeah I I am adverse to the, I, I, okay. I understand Tesla. I like Tesla. I, am and I get, especially with you talking about your commute, like the fact that the car can kind of take over. And I mean, yeah, it's and this is a down version, but like even my Subaru, my Outback Wilderness now will do that. And I, it's, it's almost made me a worse driver because the car oh. will, like, will just stay in its lane. And I'm, and I get so unfocused, you know, it, it's, it sucks, but I mean, you can't beat the Tesla. You can't beat, I mean, the gas, the gas prices are, wonderful for that especially down where you are so and you can so basically how far do you get on an s like can you go back and forth in one charge or
2: when i had the model three you know the when you when you charge it to full the stated range was like 270 miles but the real Mm. world range was basically like there and back and you were you were on on empty um this this new car is like 400 420 i think it's like literally 420. (sighs) <laughs> <laughs> oh dang! There you go. Um, so I think it's like 420, and uh-huh. obviously, as you get on it more, it changes things. But no, it, it's it's got plenty. I mean, I did a trip from San Diego to Newport Beach Ferrari up to Los Angeles, hung out in L.A., drove around, drove back to San Diego, and had 20% charge left, so no huh. problem.
0: I mean, you know, all all those numbers are for, for people that don't have the radio on, don't have the air conditioning on, or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, are exactly the right weight uh, weight distribution and things like that. So you just got the the new S then, right?
2: Yeah, a couple uh, two months ago.
0: Nice, Sweet. very nice, great cars, great cars. So um, talk about a little bit how you you transitioned from motorcycles into cars, uh, and you know, and then how and your sort of your progression of your career from from Ron Tonkin, and then and then working your way down into the California market
2: um well none of it was intentional you know those, those people who like put post-its on their house and the, in their mirror oh, the dream
0: the, board shit yeah. whatever yeah <laughs>
2: I, I don't i don't fucking get that ever but yeah. whatever um yeah. no. so that's that's so i'm like the opposite right um so she, i don't know shit just kind of happens um so i started i started working as a part-time sales guy when tonk when when when, when ron tonkin opened up the ducati dealership in portland oregon in 2000 and when they first 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 opened up oddly enough they had the ferrari dealership on 122nd and they had a small little room that was like a boutique and they made that the ducati showroom and then they had one ducati technician who had like a little tiny corner of a cinder block building where they were servicing ferrari and then bard was a technician he was doing ducati and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I want a part-time job. I was, I had a Ducati. So I, I applied for a job and got a job as a two-day week part-time sales guy. And the culture was just not my thing. Um, <laughs> respectful to the podcast that I'm on, we all know that, we all know that, unfortunately, that tradition, I'm, I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the traditional car dealership experience is usually especially if you go back 10 or 20 years it's really it's really uh, evolved since then but go back 10 or 20 years and i think people would say that their least favorite thing in the world was a dentist and then it was a car salesman after that right i think that was sure. really like in, the, in in the united states those are like the two most <laughs> like loathed things um, You're getting
0: drilled on no matter what. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> yeah. so so um, uh, so anyway, so the 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 you know Brad Tonkin, it was a huge motorcycle enthusiast. It was really rad. The whole reason they got Ducati was Brad was really genuinely into bikes, raced bikes, loved them. It was cool. But they hired a bunch of guys that it, it just really kind of had that like that that used car dealership approach. But motorcycles are not necessary transportation. They're, they're really passion-based, right? Everyone, everyone who rides, rides because they love riding, not because they have to get – I mean, of course, there's some people that need it because it's cheap transportation, but they're like so the minority. So people, people are into motorcycles the same way that people who are into Avants are into cars. Like it's it's part of your life. It's who you are. It's exciting. It's part of your identity. It's your peer group. It's what you do for your spare time. It gets you going. It's a thing that you you know you're you're taking a dump and you're on your phone looking at YouTube videos of cool cars or motorcycles because you're that into it, right? You're both nodding your heads because you've done yeah, that's it, right? On. You did it today. <laughs> I, don't
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so, <laughs> possible deniability.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so so you know while Ducati oh, so motorcycles get the hell out of my
0: bathroom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> tell
2: you. So so while, while, while Ducati motorcycles, I mean, like they're like they're like the epitome of like, oh, my God, aspirational brands for most people in motorcycling. And so when your experience was akin to a bad use car dealer, but you're coming in to buy a passion based product and you want an experience, it just doesn't work. So I was going to quit. Uh, I had a conversation with Brad about it and he basically said, hey, if you're so passionate about this, tell me what you would do differently. and Fast forward, I became I went from a two day two day a week sales guy to the general manager of the store uh, in a year. Fired the whole staff uh, minus <laughs> Bard, the amazing technician, and we rebuilt the store. <laughs> and it was this really cool opportunity wow. to basically say uh, I hired a bunch of people who just none of them were in the bike business. We all just love motorcycles. And the conversation was, if you could build a store, if you could have the store be like your dream shop, what would that look like? And and we did it. We just organically as people who just weren't told to, to use a four square or to drill on somebody. Are you buying today or not? What's it going to take to get you into this car? We didn't do any of that. We all rode motorcycles. And we all loved it. Right, and You so
0: look like a man who hates his wife and
1: doesn't want to die quickly. Would you like to buy a Ducati? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're hired.
1: You're hired. Hired. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. God, I, I got it. a headache just thinking about the memories you just brought up.
0: <laughs> Dan t- <laughs> oh, started so ticking when you said Foursquare. God, like, like, just, the what, first, is, what is
2: Foursquare?
1: Like, the it's, a da- and... it's a
2: dance you do with country music.
1: Oh, oh I, yeah, thank you. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got it. The sales diagram, the four squares. Hmm. Okay, never mind. Just, was, I was asking you to explain it.
0: Yeah, I yeah. Was, that's what I was saying. Yeah, it was just so. awful. Um, yeah, so yeah anyway, Dan's ticking,
2: literally. <laughs> so, we, so we developed this bike shop, and it and it got literally international recognition. It became the biggest Ducati deal in North America. It had an amazing group of people that we worked with, and Brad was amazingly supportive of these wild and crazy ideas that I had. And it really was a great thing, and we, we grew to be – the biggest Ducati dealer in North America for a decade out of Portland, Oregon, which is you know none of that makes sense. Well, um, but when
0: you're buying a bike, you can go buy it anywhere. And when you're when you're creating a destination to come buy a bike, I, that's the that's the whole thing.
2: So. Absolutely, and you yeah. you see, I would have asked you to join us. You get it, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So yeah. so
2: that's what we did differently than most people, and um, it worked really really well. And but there's no money in it. Like motorcycles are a niche product, a niche thing. There's not a lot of money in it. And, and the Tonkins had asked me on multiple occasions why don't you come and take what you're good at and apply it to the automotive world because that's what the real business is and and I remember saying to Ed and Brad, no offense I'm not a car guy and they just got I mean it was I didn't mean it to be insulting I was in, I, I was in reference to you know the, the bad experiences of the old sales guys not you know but so we had conversations throughout my tenure with them about different opportunities and I remember saying at one point, because I like passion, community, Italian heritage, performance, racing, uh, a little special panache, right? I said, if you ever do something with Ferrari, if you need somebody to do Ferrari, I, I'd love, I'd love to do that because that would translate the whole love of things special would translate from Ducati to Ferrari. So they're like,
0: it. no, we wanted you to sell Nissan. We thought Ducati yeah, well, to, to Nissan to be, really made sense. To
2: be perfectly <laughs> candid, the first conversation was about Chevrolet.
0: <laughs> I, I can't see you doing that. <laughs> Nothing I mean, wrong with that brand at all. but
2: yeah. uh, You know what? I, I think that you can have fun with anything, which goes back to the earlier conversation. The problem is these manufacturers have got so many sticks up their asses, not even one, like multiple, that you can't mm-hmm. have an identity. You can't have any fun. It's like, oh, we are pick the brand. This is how we define ourselves. You can't do anything outside of whatever echoes that or you lose some bonus or you get slapped on the wrist. It's just stupid, it's too bad. Because I think that there's not every, there's not one automotive brand that doesn't have some version of a cult following, right? Not one. And, and, and if you yeah. could find a way to speak to that and accentuate that and make that exciting and accessible, how would you not grow that even more? That, that I don't get, but whatever.
0: The people that worship Prius, Priuses. Oh, they have a huge yeah, cult following.
2: <laughs> you can yeah. a, There is not a single brand that you can pick. Saturn. Not, they don't even exist anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? Boy, I'm trying to think. Like, there,
0: You're right. There's a car club for oh, yeah. anything and everything. I, I anything, promise
2: everything. you, if you Google it, yeah. I promise you yeah. that there's a car club for Sterling owners. Do you guys yeah. remember oh, Sterling? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, wow. you know... <laughs>
1: Anyway, it makes it feel old. But thing yeah. in the '90s Kia shitbox. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, there's there's, there's got to be one. It's Ki- still on the road. The <laughs> Kia Club. Oh, that writes
2: itself. Not yeah. the
1: new Kias. Those are actually Hyundai Kia have Come yeah. around a lot. My friend
2: Quentin, who was actually the brain, like like the course of the Offroad Ducati, was really a brainchild of Quentin's fucking insanity. But Quentin has been on this insane LeBaron kick lately.
0: There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> wrong absolutely nothing wrong i I I mean you might want to take him in to have him checked but you know i think that's to be fair i actually learned how
2: to drive a car in a Chrysler LeBaron. that that was the first car i learned how to drive in
1: well i mean they were everywhere in the 90s though Uh, like you couldn't drive a mile without seeing a lebaron
2: lee iacocca had it down
1: yeah that's funny he had something (laughs) i don't know so what how did you go from there what was the transition from there all the way down to california
2: uh, I went from they steal ya? I went from <laughs> Moto Corsa to Ron Tonkin Gran Turismo which I have to give a massive shout out you know Ron Tonkin uh, was a force he passed away many years ago but that man was an yeah. absolute fucking force and um, you gotta respect him like it was just it was so cool what he did you know he was I don't know if it still stands now but he was the youngest Chevrolet youngest Chevrolet dealer at that point like in history or something oh. I think he was like 27 when he got a Chevrolet franchise Anyway, wow. um, yeah, it's crazy. So um, so I was with them. I was doing Gran Turismo, which is the oldest authorized Ferrari dealer in North America, um, which is really, really like an odd, another odd Portland thing. But the oldest. I Fer- think that
0: would be East Coast. Yeah, like yeah, Narts New York and things like yep, that. Yeah. Yep.
2: No, the oldest. Wow. The oldest official Ferrari dealer in North America is Ron Tonkin Gran Turismo, RTGT.com. I'll give him a shout out. Um <laughs> And, um, but it was small and I don't know, I like to dream big and, 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 and uh, I was in Portland for a really long time. And honestly, I was itching to get out of Portland years and years before that. And just my 50th birthday was coming up, you know, classic midlife prices. What do I want to do for the, what do I want to do when I grow up? And um, this group reached out to me and said, Hey, we're in the process of acquiring some Ferrari stores. And we, you know, we like what you do. Would you be open to a change? And, and I was. They didn't really tell me where it was. Then they said cryptically it was in California. I'm like, sure, whatever. I don't don't care. Just no offense, Portland. Just get me out of Portland. And so then they said, you know, we'd love to have you come run Ferrari of San Diego. And sure, why not? So I just, I I packed up my car full of suits, drove south, showed up in San Diego, and that was it.
0: (laughs) The rest is history. Huh. I know. Well, I know about that that whole deal. I remember when that was all going down through Concorso stuff because we were oh, yeah. talking because it was like we had some contracts with dealerships, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well, we may be under different ownership soon." Oh, and We I'll don't do know. That. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. That's but uh, that's. I mean, obviously, you know, when you think Ferrari, you, you think California. You think you, you know. And yeah. again, I mean, it's like they have a car out named after it. It's <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> 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 no, that's the wife's Ferrari. Uh, so. <laughs> Nice. I mean, uh, so you'll you, you enjoy working for a brand, but you're just working for Ferrari, right? Newport Beach, right? Or do you have other brands underneath you?
2: Nope. Just, uh, I just mean, te- technically, right. we are, uh, technically we are technically yeah. we are Ferrari and Maserati, but uh, another gentleman named Brian runs Maserati and I just focus on yeah. Ferrari.
1: Very nice. All right. Well, let's talk cars. Yeah. You've been driving Ferraris for a long time, working on Ferraris for a long time. Well, not working, but I mean, working in the Ferrari world for a long time. Foursquare. Yeah. Four squares. <laughs> Four squares. Yeah. Yeah. are <laughs> your I favorite cars?
2: My favorite cars.
1: Um like the ones you've got into over the years that just kind of blew your mind because there's a lot of Ferraris that are driven. And I'm like, well, that lived up to the hype. The 488 for one, which yeah. I was so, the, so, of, so so but. it's
2: interesting you mentioned the 488. The 488 was the first car as as a motorcyclist, because I've been around bikes for a long time. I used to race amateur motorcycling. I wasn't very good, but you could still go fast. And um yeah. and and uh, the 488 was the first four-wheeled vehicle that I was ever in that I was like – I remember giggling my ass off when I punched it. It was the first car I was ever in that was motorcycle fast. Because the 458, yeah, okay. the 458 was cool. It made some great noises. But it really wasn't – I mean, if you've been riding bikes, it wasn't really fast, fast. But the, the 488, like that was legit. That was legit. And from there on out, I was like, okay – now I can see why you'd go, you know, go for four wheels as well as uh, two. Um, I don't know. I mean, through through my job, I've been very, 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 very fortunate to drive some really cool stuff. Um, <clears throat> I would say, I remember my first true hypercar experience was when the Tonkins trusted me to drive their Enzo. Uh, that Oof. that blew my mind, and. I was petrified. I mean, anybody so raw
0: to drive oh, one of those cars. If people don't know it, like there's no electric windows. It's the you coolest. You hear every stone hitting everything. It's, yeah,
2: it's a, yeah. unbelievable. That that was that was the. I mean, whether whether it was because you never forget your first, or or, <laughs> or whatever else, yeah. but that was such an exceptional experience. So I got uh, you know during my time with them. Um, I got to drive the Enzo first, which was really a mind-blowing experience. Um, the, the thing that was the most terrifying about driving the Enzo were people chasing you in their cars and trying to mm-hmm. videotape you with their phones. But they're looking at their phone and not you, and they don't realize how close they are.
0: Exotic car, exotic car drift, and yep. they're in your lane. Ah, horrible.
2: Yep. So, yep. so, so that was no bueno. But anyway, so the Enzo was really a truly spectacular experience. Um, I would say that one of my all-time favorite car experiences was we did a track day uh, with with Gran Turismo at PIR, and we had to move some cars down there. We we took our F40, I shouldn't say our, we took their F40 and F50, and so I got to drive the F40 at, I think it was like 4 o'clock in the morning from Wilsonville down to uh, PIR, and there was no one on the freeways, and I mean... Oh, I don't think
0: there's any more iconic car than the F. Oh my god! I, I, so cool. I got
2: to tell you, like that, you know, pitch black, no one on the road. You're in, you're in an F Fucking forty. I mean, come on. Yep. That was that was so fucking. I mean, that was exceptionally cool. Um, that same day, I would just day, have that
0: song from Super Troopers in my head. That wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, that yeah. same day, I got to drive an f fifty. Um, the thing about fifty, which was exceptional was that I, I got stuck in rush hour traffic in the F-50. <clears throat> and it was amazing how oh, easy you. the gearbox was to use. Like like being stuck in traffic was no big deal. But the F-50 was <laughs> was obviously an amazing experience. Uh, I didn't drive either of those on the track, but you know, there's so much to those cars between the noise and the sound and the obvious power that ideally, yes, you would have been able to go on an amazing back road or on a racetrack but even just having the chance to be in them and go you know amazing um and then uh, when i got to san diego uh, i spent some time in a la ferrari um, so those are all great um yeah. have you
0: have you had a chance to get eyes or been in front of the the daytona sp3 yet
2: uh i have seen the, the, the yes i've seen it in person okay. Uh, I am much more of a fan in real life than um, in, in 2D because I thought it was a little yeah. busy initially. But in real life, it's, I mean, honestly, what I like to me, one of the things that I always love about Ferrari is that from a design aesthetic, they've always been incredibly elegant, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, there's there's yeah. smart, uh, hidden ways to use downforce through venting. And like the aero bridge in the F12 is one of the coolest things of all time, right? You don't even know it's there. You don't even know. You don't even know there's a huge fucking hole on the side of the hood. And then you're like, whoa, look at that, right? Like, that's, (laughs) like, everybody else, like, Portland says put a bird on it. Everybody else is like, put a fucking wing on it. They're like, no, we'll just hide it. I think that's really cool. I just had
0: this visual of you walking through the parking lot and going,
1: hey, look at that.
2: (laughs) Well, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. And I, I mean, I had that, that, that same thing. I mean, when I, when we saw it, when they, they we took delivery or something up here took delivery of two, what are they? The SP2s, the Monzas. Yeah. Like I was just, you talk about something so much better in, in person than it was in photos. I mean, a- absolutely. These, they were both SP2s, not SP1s, which I would totally order
2: that car in an SP1. Who wants to take somebody with you? <laughs> so, that, car is, that, that car is such a cool car. You know, it's interesting when that car came out. Uh, and again, it's, it, I think we've hit this bizarre period where, because I can't think of a lot of cars that really wow me when I look at a photograph anymore. Mm. But when I see them in real life, they're spectacular, right? And I don't know if it's because the devil's in the details now. Um, I remember when the Pista came out, looking at pictures going, eh. And then in real life, I was like, wow. Uh, I mean, when you look at the diffuser and all, I mean, it's, it's really spectacular. But I think a lot of these new cars like they just kind of get lost in translation until you get a chance to see them. So when the Monza came out, and it didn't help that the car was not street legal in the U.S. But when the Monza came out, even that aside, I remember a lot of people kind of going, "Eh, I don't get it. It doesn't have a windshield. What am I going to do with it?" Clearly, those people never knew about an aerial atom, which is amazing. Um, yes. But it was, but it really didn't wow you in photographs. I mean, the the the, the hood, especially on the SP1. The hood length plus the covered bonnet—it was like a whole lot of just space. But then you—but yeah. I remember uh, it was a uh, 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 a Monterey and Ferrari for uh, Casa Ferrari their lawn display were all the different Monzas, uh, as many as they could get from the U.S. <clears throat> and I think everybody that seen, was an awesome. Oh display, my god! The all the yeah. colors, shapes. Uh, I think yeah. that and that really changed people's opinion of the Monza. Largely, I think, because first of all, most people got to see it in real life for the first time. And in person, it's fucking gorgeous, right? That car is so beautiful. Oddly enough, I was a fan of the SP1 over the SP2 uh, initially. And then now that I've seen the car, I really love the SP2. But they're both incredible.
0: Well, I mean we've talked about this before, like when, when uh McLaren came out with the Senna and I watched the 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 launch. I mean it might have been oh, the color yeah. or something. It was absolutely hideous. I mean never hated it. the minute I saw one in person though, I, I have never taken a bigger one eighty in the fact right. of being able to see it and it just so yep. different, you know. So I'm I'm excited I'm excited to see an uh the SP three in person. Obviously hopefully something will show up in, in Monterey this year and we're down. Oh, there. it'll be but, there. I mean I have it in Lego form, but other than that, you know, it's, the, it just doesn't look the same. So, yeah.
2: The SP 3 in real life is yeah. is cool. Like, I thought the back end especially was just way too busy, but I got to tell you, in real same, life, same. that car is spectacular. Like, it's a stunner.
0: Ferrari is known for their beauty and their speed, and I think there's always something that they're doing that's different. And, and you, you were talking about everybody you know cringing about the the uh, sp2 and i'm thinking well i mean that's a thing i mean then you look at what mclaren did with the elva and people
1: ordering it and then some people bitch so much then they then it got a windshield so <laughs> yeah. do you have a favorite now though i'm just curious like that you're driving um i always, <laughs> i'm always curious why when people are in the industry and he's got, why got a they large something. buick collection because yeah. full of buicks
2: so <laughs> Mm. Uh, Ferrari, I'm specifically referring to. Yeah. I, so I just on Christmas Eve day took delivery of, uh, this is a funny story. Um, So I really, so, so I'm a big three pedal fan, right? Um, uh, I just, no offense to people who love PDK. And dual clutch transmissions. I get that you're faster. I get that you're lazier. I get that there's all that shit. <laughs> um, but, but the reality is, how does he just
0: insult people and make them feel good about it?
2: <laughs> no, listen, it is what it is. But the because rea- because they, they're faster than me when they're in the thing. But the reality is yeah. that there's just nothing as engaging as having to use everything you've got to go right. There's just not. And especially if you're yep. a little older, let's face it, like. Like the emission requirements were less, so you can you got more sound, you got more engagement. Uh, you know the power is less, so the manufacturer has to do more to get more power to you out of the engine versus now. There's so much power that they do everything they can do to dumb it down so you don't kill yourself, right? Like he
0: bought something old.
2: <laughs> yeah, so,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to this right now. So, I'm like okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I really, 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 really wanted a manual Ferrari and 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 um i've always been a fan of the 360 i don't give a shit how many people say it's soft or there's too many of them or blah 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 i have just always loved the 360 i remember when that car came out the, the, the 355 is a beautiful car it's cool it's fine it's great but but the 360 to me was revolutionary and it was so gorgeous and i don't like the 430 like the 430 just looks like like, it just did a bunch of roids, right? And worked out randomly. <laughs> like, I get that it's a better car, but it's like, just like, it's an like angry roid Ferrari dude, not elegant, <laughs> sexy Ferrari. I don't know. That's just my, pr- on the aesthetic. That's my first surprise. It personal just ruined 430s I just for me. pictured it. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, it's
0: ruined. It's like one of those cows from Belgium that they, you know, like steroids. Yeah. It's like yeah.
2: Macho Man Randy Savage, right? All of a sudden, I want to bite yeah. into a yeah. slim gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay fair enough that, okay. that being said i'm a huge fan of a 430 scuderia that's a badass oh, car. Oh, that's and it, different. That's and a different it looks thing. so it, that car looks so fucking good and it goes so anyway so i also you guys don't know me very well but i'm not very nice to my vehicles like i drive the shit out of them i don't wash them i i hit things oh, I, I wash mine a lot yeah. yeah like so i just i mean I like to drive them. When I sold my FF, it had 44,000 miles on it. The F12 had yeah. 42,000 miles on it. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I just like to ride and drive and use them. I don't care about rain. Uh, my friend Paige Stevens, who I've known forever, I think I got that from him. Like he just said, I, I get them because I like them and I want to use them, right? And, and, and and you know, going back to the beginning of the podcast where you give your little tip about, you know, here's a little cheater hack. For all you Ferrari owners who get pissed off that shit breaks, just drive your fucking car. Right? Because it turns <laughs> out that the more you drive it, the better it works. I mean, th- that's yeah, just yeah. it. Like you just use your things regularly. They're, they're very happy when they're used. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I so I so I wanted a manual 360, and I was searching and searching and searching, and I'm a huge fan of all the petrolistics videos. Um, and I always like that that's some. There's some quirky owner, and you, you know they do the video, and in the soft fade in the background is there is their car in their garage, and whether it's a Ferrari or a BMW or a Porsche, it's some car they've had for a long time, and they tinker with, and they have fun with, and it's engaging. And I was like, I just want to find my petrolicious car. Like I want to find a car that like I just want to stay working on and engage on, and it's accessible enough to use. And so for me, I wanted it to be a manual 360. But I wanted to do big brakes and exhaust and suspension and and hot rod it about, hot rod it a bit. So I found on Bring a Trailer, this is back in 2019. I found on Bat uh, a 360 with a big Brembo brake kit, uh, Challenger Dolly exhaust, Challenger Dolly wheels. And it was a no sale because it had been fucked with and most guys want it stock, I guess. And so I tracked down the owner. And we kind of agreed on a price. He was in Southern California. I was up in Portland. And then, uh, the, literally, the very next week, COVID happened, and I that kind of put a, that kind of killed that deal. Uh, but there are two VIN numbers that I've kept that I will regularly search the internet for. One is this 360. And then uh, my friend Michael Siz passed away years ago. But Michael had a Ford GT, and uh, mm-hmm. and I really and and, and 06. A tungsten Ford GT. He took me around PIR and that thing, and we were very close friends. And at some point, I will find that car, and I will, I will, I will buy it. Um, that's my, my, my bucket list. So Michael's uh, Ford GT and his 360. I just randomly go to Google and I search the VIN. And um, I had an F12 that I was not as in love with as I wanted to be. I know it sounds sacrilegious. Um, it was an amazing car. It just didn't. I don't know. Whatever. So I put this, <laughs> so, so as I was going to sell it, I randomly took the VIN from this 360 from 2019 and I threw it in Google and sure as shit, the car is up at Ferrari of Beverly Hills. Actually, to be fair, it's a Ferrari of South Bay and my buddy Eddie runs it and I called Eddie, told him the whole story. He reached out to the consigner, it was the same guy that I was going to buy it from back in 2019 and we worked out a deal and it showed up at my house uh, Christmas Eve day and it's that's so fucking awesome. Merry Christmas. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's awesome. It's honestly so It's it, amazing.
0: It's manual. It's got the big brakes. Uh, what color? Black, black. Black, black. Nice. Oh, nice. There you go. Even better. And okay. you know, it's
2: funny. The very first model, like, the, like my very first model car I ever built, and I don't, I don't remember who got it for me. Maybe my dad, maybe some friend of the family. I don't know. But the very first model car I ever built, was a black, black 308. So I just thought that was kind of apricot. Okay.
1: Very cool. I still want my 308. Do you? Oh, yeah. They're, they're so yeah. cool. I'm going to engine swap it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Fair enough. I, yes. <laughs> I'm going to probably LS swap it. No. <laughs>
0: well,
2: I, think, I it. think there's something
0: to You were saying so many people buy these cars, especially Ferraris, and they sit. And any car that yeah. sits, you're, you're gonna, the seals are going to go bad. Absolutely. Go bad. It's Absolutely. just, you know. And I mean, and and yes, people bitch about the fact. Oh, you know, if you you know work on a Ferrari, you gotta you gotta take out the interior and stuff. Well, yeah, it's it's an Italian beauty, you know. It, you know, I'm sorry you can't get to the belts like you can on your Chevy Cavalier, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's like so. So, do you have, do you have any plans for the the new the new uh, baby in the garage? Anything you're going to do to it now, or is it?
2: That's um, the real question. No, so uh, 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 so I had I was lucky enough to have I had a 360 Challenge Stradale. We had it at Gran Turismo. Um, and it was on consignment from a guy in Seattle and it was a full body repaint. This is back years ago. And the 360 Challenger Dolly was absolutely like dream bucketless car. And I just said, you know, fuck it, let's just let's figure out a way to do this. And 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 did. But I I could not stand the transmission. Everything about the car was amazing. It's stunningly beautiful. It, it's fast enough to have a great time. It makes the most beautiful incredible shriek of all time it's just a badass car but the fucking yeah. transmission blows man it's just that old single clutch blah. Uh, wasn't, yeah. wasn't for me and 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 had i been at, at a time at the time had two things happened one had i been in a better financial position and two had there been more of the six uh the six-speed conversions going on i would have converted i would have kept the car and done that but at the time the six-speed thing wasn't happening, and I couldn't afford it anyway, so off it went. Um, so I just wanted to get a 360 Challenge Stradale, and then do a six-speed conversion to it. And a friend of mine uh, said, rather than do that, take a 360 because the 360 is 90% of a Challenge Stradale, but it's a third the price, and you won't feel bad just going For and doing, yeah, doing what you do on it. So he goes. The better thing is to find a 363 pedal, and then make that into a Challenger Dolly. And so that's the goal. The,
0: that rear deck on a Challenger Dolly, like that's right. Like, it's almost like the F50 yes. with the grill. Like it's, it's not a, a grill, it's a ple- but like, yeah. it's, basically-
2: it's a plexiglass, Lexan. It's a Lexan. Yeah. a little yeah. support oh. ship. Yeah. So basically, yeah. it's it's mainly cosmetic. Look, the engine's fine. I don't need any more horsepower. It's 400 plus horsepower. It's all you need. But you know. I'd love to see I got to do some digging like I don't know who's making badass suspension for it definitely want to do some little bits and pieces and it'll it'll just be a little tinker toy right
1: yeah well it's like you said you bought a Ferrari you can drive which is not the normal case there's a few drivers out there I mean don't get me wrong we have lots of people around here who oddly drive their Ferraris a lot yeah you guys know (laughs) I
2: mean William has over a hundred plus thousand miles on his 458
1: yeah. <laughs> Does he still have that? I didn't Yeah,
0: I, I knew he went over 100,000, but I didn't know. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, again, you drive the car and you, you, you do the proper maintenance and it will drive forever. Yep. It's amazing how that works.
2: Yeah. And, and, and case in point, by the way, and I don't remember what the mileage was at the time that I learned this, but it was up there. I want to say it was 60, maybe even 70,000 miles. But the only two things had had failures in that car and he had a 20 i can't remember if it was a 2010 or 2011 458 but 60 70 80 thousand miles two things had gone wrong one was the the uh the uh driving lights on the car are these little leds one of the little bulbs had like i don't know gotten loose and fallen fallen out and then yeah. and then the expansion tank for the coolant uh had cracked that's it yeah that's it
0: I can't believe Freud didn't plan for that after 80,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. Damn Italians. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's driven it in up here, too. Right. I think that's worth something. It's one thing to drive a car down in Southern California where it's. Absolutely. He, I think he drove he it, and, it year round. He drove it yeah. all the yeah. time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Respect. So. Respect. I
0: love it. That's the way. I mean, that's the way you're that's supposed what we to do drive. It. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, you know. I, you buy a car to drive it. I mean, believe me, if I if I could find a way to drive the, the TR3 in the snow, I would, but I wouldn't go far.
1: Well, when I sold the so, Z06, the guy asked me, he's like, was this like a rental or a Turo? Because I had 44,000 <laughs> miles on it in the first year that I had it. <laughs> I was like, here you go. Have a nice day. Yeah.
2: Um, but going back to your question, I mean, I think there's been a lot of really amazing cars. The SF90 would blow your mind. <clears throat> that is a, one of the most amazing car experiences I've ever had in my life. But the cars that really excite me personally, they're they're older for sure.
0: That the SF that's ninety. Common theme. Every time we've seen them, like at Haggerty, like that engine sits so low. It's crazy, like, right? It's yeah. I mean, you're, when you're standing over it, you're thinking it's got to be scraping on the ground. Like there's just you know. Yeah, it's shallow, narrow, and I, it's, I, beautiful car. I think the
2: close. Yeah. I think the, the 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 modern Ferrari that's really going to engage driving enthusiasts at a whole hyper new level is the two ninety six. And I'm a, I look mm, I I, yeah. I don't have my work hat on I'm just telling you yeah. as somebody who likes cars and likes driving <clears throat> that 296 is honestly that is something incredibly special it's such a cool car and that that's hybrid too correct yeah it's an like electric assist yeah, so. and it's 800 plus horse 810 horsepower <laughs> rear wheel drive just a cheap SF90 it's yeah. it is yeah, 800 horsepower. it is such yeah. a cool car.
1: Excellent. What do you think uh, about the uh, electric electrification in California, though? And a brand like Ferrari? I'm curious. I haven't seen a lot from Ferrari in the all electric lineup.
2: Uh, you're probably not going to. I, I don't know I all. I, I don't know all the. You drive international... a Ferrari to listen to a Ferrari. Well, yeah. and everything else. I don't know all the international laws. I, I never dove into it. But just like I remember, I remember watching. Uh, World superbike racing in the in the in the uh, 90s and 2000s, and you know to to be able to produce a certain number of motorcycles, you had to or to race a certain motorcycle, you had to produce so many. But, yeah, homologate. Yeah, yeah, right. But but Ducati, being such a small company, the number of bikes they had to build was incredibly small. So I have to assume that there's some degree of that globally where. If you produce ten or fifteen thousand vehicles a year, you probably have a little bit of a get out of jail free card versus other and manufacturers. I, so. I, I don't know, or or you just pay the fine and move on, right? Or you, ta- I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah. just
0: I'm just waiting to see if if California actually goes through with all that stupid like no gas powered engines after a certain thing. And all these dealerships moved like one, one foot inside the Nevada line and start selling cars <laughs> in California. But yeah. Well, <laughs> I, state I was talking to somebody <laughs>
2: the other day and they said that California was moving towards getting, eliminating all gas, including gas in your home. And not to be a dick, but my first thought was, I don't remember the last time I heard about a California town burning down because the gas was left on, right? It's always something yeah. electric. So yeah. I found that to be a <laughs> they're, they're little saying, ironic.
0: That's actually a narrative started. They're starting to say the gas stoves are causing.
1: They pulled back on that already because it was like no. No. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> no.
0: <it's,
1: laughs>
0: especially up here. It's the one thing you can heat your house with when the when the power goes right. out. So yeah. yeah. All right. Nice. All right. Well, I mean, we really want to thank you for coming on. This has been that a lot fun. of fun. Again, I you know, I wish you we are still up here. We should we could hang out more, but I mean maybe we'll run into each other in Monterey. Monterey yeah, for obviously, you'll be down there this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Come visit uh, Nick Corso. No, yeah, I'm I'm just I'll just go down and visit him. I'll just you know, yeah exactly, you know. I was told I could show up at this dealership. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what do you mean I have to wear pants? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so,
0: I like to feel the leather. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gotta be supple leather, right? Oh my god. <laughs> the perforated I stuff, would so. love that. <laughs> yeah all right we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely gonna run into each other but i uh, really i you know you've been busy and congratulations on, on newport and your new your new christmas present uh, i think there's no better sleigh to show up on christmas than a black uh, 360
1: man yeah. uh, manual you. so yeah send me some pictures i can share with the listeners i'll post okay. it on the website yeah, we'll for the yeah. for the page i'd love to see we'll the car we'll so excellent well for
2: this episode of the avance podcast as always i'm nick i'm dan and don't just get there enjoy the drive